Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Membership Voice webinar. Tonight, we're featuring inclusion specialist, Katie Halliday, who will be presenting on Inclusion 101, the key to diversifying your club. We're delighted to have Katie with us. Katie Halliday is past president and a charter member of the Adelaide City Rotaract Club and recently joined the Rotary Club of Adelaide Light. She has also served as a team leader, coordinator and trainer for Rotary Youth Leadership Awards, RILA, and the Rotary Youth Program of Enrichment, better known as RIPEN in some corners. Professionally, Katie works as a project officer and training facilitator in the diversity and inclusion branch of the South Australia Police. I'm delighted to hand over to Katie Halliday for tonight's webinar. Thank you, Kiro, for that warm introduction. So I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of our country and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture has a long, rich and vibrant history which extends back over 65,000 years and I recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. I'm personally speaking to you from Ghana land, which covers the Adelaide Plains region in South Australia. And I've learnt that Nina Mani means, hello, how are you in Ghana language? So Nina Mani to everyone out there tuning in this evening. I'll start off tonight by giving you a brief introdu introduction to how I personally got involved in Rotary and how that led to my career working in diversity and inclusion. Before talking to you about some ideas for how we can better embed diversity and inclusion within our Rotary Clubs. I'll then finish off with a bit of a case study about my recent transition from Rotaract to Rotary. I'll then be more than happy to answer any questions that anyone might have. My journey in Rotary started in 2011 when I was given the opportunity to attend RILA, a Rotary program which I'm sure many of you are well aware of. Uh, honestly, uh, I went to RILA for completely selfish reasons. I was studying a law degree and learning rapidly that the very expensive piece of paper that I'd get at the end of it was not going to guarantee me a job. So I looked at the opportunity to add leadership experience onto my uh, CV as a, as a resume filler that might help me get a job when uni was over. Little did I know that the experience from RILA would actually lead to many other opportunities that would not only completely fill my resume, but has actually changed the career path, my career path entirely. After RILA, I worked closely with two friends that I met on the program, Bernie Barrett and Catherine McLeod, to start the Adelaide City Rotaract Club. We came up with a vision to start a club for students and young professionals who wanted to develop their personal and professional skills by engaging with community service projects. So with the support of Adelaide Light Rotary Club as our sponsor club, we established the club in December 2012 with 21 members. Most recently for me, I've now gone on to join Adelaide Light Rotary Club after collaborating with them to make their club more accessible to a broader demographic, but more on that a little bit later. It was because of my experiences with Rotary that I started to gain a broader perspective on the world that led to my interest in my current role, working with the South Australia Police as a diversity and inclusion project officer. 
SAPOL aims to be an employer of choice and recognises that embracing diversity and inclusion is the way to achieve this. As such, our strategies and initiatives are aimed at ensuring all people feel safe, respected and supported to reach their potential. I'll talk a little bit now about what diversity and inclusion is all about. Diversity is about all the ways in which we differ. From our cultural backgrounds, our age, to our gender, our abilities and even our personalities. There are many benefits to having a diverse organisation, the least of which is increased productivity, which is demonstrated in this graph where you can see that diverse teams outperform homogenous teams considerably in terms of productivity. The key, however, to this graph, I think, is the part which says well-managed, which I equate to meaning inclusively. I think that in some ways, Rotary is diverse when you consider the fact that we're an international organisation with a huge emphasis on youth programs and projects which support women. However, this diversity is not translating as much as we would like into a diverse membership base. And I feel that this is at least in some part because we could do better at being more inclusive. Inclusion occurs when a diversity of people feel valued and respected, have access to opportunities and resources, and can contribute their perspectives and talents to improve their organisation. Without both diversity and inclusion within an organisation, the benefits that could be gained from the different perspectives that diversity brings will be lost. People don't tend to stick around when they don't feel valued and respected. They'll simply leave. Diversity and inclusion expert Verna Myers puts it this way. Diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. It's only by embracing both diversity and inclusion within an organisation that we will see the benefits, which include things like increased productivity and innovation, better engagement and well-being of all members, and a more positive reputation among a broader demographic of the community. In recognition of the benefits that diversity, diversity and inclusion brings to an organisation, Rotary International has recently adopted a diversity, equity and inclusion policy. This sends a strong message that Rotary International embraces a culture of inclusion which celebrates the contributions of people of diverse backgrounds. To get a head start on implementing this new policy, I've come up with three ideas for ensuring members, uh, all members, both new and existing, feel included within the club environment. They're about improving accessibility, creating opportunities for meaningful engagement and promoting diversity and inclusion awareness within our clubs. So the first one is about uh, improving accessibility. So 
First of all, consider whether your meeting venue is in a convenient location. Does every meeting have to be in the same venue or even at the same time? One of the initiatives that Adelaide Light is trialling is one evening meeting per month to complement their traditional breakfast meetings twice a month and an informal coffee conversations meeting in between. This captures different demographics of potential members who otherwise couldn't attend breakfast meetings as they don't work in the city and they don't have the flexibility to get to work late. If people can't attend meetings, how do they find out the information that they've missed out on? Consider your options for providing information digitally. So for example, online attendance, live recordings of meetings and your regular newsletters. How do you make sure that members know what's happening and know what they're missing out on so that they continue to be engaged with what's going on? Are there any unnecessary obligatory costs to attend your club meetings such as a meal? Dietary requirements are very common and being able to choose what to eat from a whole menu rather than a limited choice is preferred, but also to have the option of not eating at all. Some might choose to just have a drink, while others might opt for a gourmet delicacy. Options are really important for including everyone and removing barriers to attendance. And finally, if the amount of club fees are not negotiable, can your club consider annual fees being paid on a monthly or quarterly basis instead of annually for those who would manage better this way. This is somewhat of an expectation in today's society with things like car registration now able to be paid monthly or annually at the owner's discretion. It might remove a barrier or a perceived barrier to club membership that doesn't need to be there. So the next one is about ensuring all members and potential new members have something to do that is meaningful to them. So this requires club leaders in particular to gain an understanding of what each individual member is there for and to have some consideration as to how this person can contribute to an activity that would fulfil their purpose for being there. It's sometimes easier to do certain activities ourselves if, we, if we've been doing them for, for a long time, but handing over the task to someone new is a great way to include them, even if it requires more effort in explaining to them what to do rather than just doing it yourself. And the third one is about investing in your club members to do some form of diversity and inclusion awareness exercise. Through various district consultations about membership and many anecdotal conversations with my Rotaract peers, there's been some consistent feedback that some people are hesitant to join Rotary because some of the comments and behaviours that they've been exposed to. Um, these things range from not being inclusive, things like terminology such as chairman instead of chair or chairperson, to inappropriate and sometimes offensive comments such as asking if someone is a kept woman. Ageist and sexist comments and attitudes, for example, which may have been acceptable 20 to 30 years ago, are no longer acceptable in our evolving society 
and for really good reason. Sexist jokes, for example, while not ill-intended, create a culture of normalised behaviour and attitudes towards people depending on their gender or sexual orientation. So to create an awareness of diversity and inclusion, consider having a speaker or training on one of the following topics. Inclusive language. Learn about the effects that our words have on creating a culture of normalised behaviour. Gendered language, for instance, is a barrier towards achieving gender equality. And to achieve the goal of having 30% women in Rotary and in Rotary leadership positions by June 2023, we need to take positive action in this arena. Unconscious bias and discrimination awareness training and more importantly, strategies to avoid people being treated unfairly because of a personal characteristic that they have. Gain an appreciation for the significant impact that the Me Too movement has had on tackling sexual harassment and why it's so important that we continue to press for progress. Bystander awareness training and the different strategies available to call out inappropriate behaviours when we see or hear it. Retired Lieutenant General of the Australian Army and the current Chair of the Diversity Council Australia said, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. So we all have a role to play in challenging behaviours which are not inclusive. Participate in the celebration of significant dates that celebrate different diversity groups, such as International Women's Day, Harmony Day and your local Pride celebrations. Last year, for example, our district Rotaractors and a few Rotarians participated in the Adelaide Pride March to demonstrate our inclusivity, which was a huge success, and we plan to do it again this year. So now on to my case study about my recent transition to Rotary. When Adelaide Light helped charter the Adelaide City Rotaract Club in 2012, they did so, I'm sure, in the hope of attracting young members to eventually join their club once retiring from Rotaract. At the time, the club had a very healthy membership base of 40 plus members. Last year, six years after the Rotaract Club was chartered, I had a conversation with then President Rob McLennan who recognised the fact that not one member of the Rotaract Club had gone on to join their Rotary Club. And he was curious as to why that might be. He also acknowledged that their membership numbers had dropped by more than half over those last six years and the need to change was obvious. I had also recently returned from my first Rotary International Convention in Toronto, feeling inspired and motivated to continue my Rotary journey despite now having aged out, as they say, of Rotaract. Rob formed a committee from both clubs, the Rotaract and the Rotary Club, to get together where we, the Rotaractors, were invited to tell them what's and all, which was Rob's words, what would make their club more appealing to the Rotaract demographic. Through several meetings and conversations, our feedback was heard and changes were implemented. The club changed venues twice within a year, having now settled on somewhere more central and accessible. They changed their meeting structure to include one evening meeting per month, and they included us, they've included us more and more in club projects and events. 
After a highly successful year, the club welcomed seven new members into the club, five of which are under the age of 35, with three being current or former Rotaract members. This achievement was recognised recently at the District Changeover event, when it was awarded the highest membership percentage increase within the district at 41.7%. The journey is certainly not over and we continue to have conversations about making the club more diverse and inclusive because ultimately what we're talking about is culture change, which takes time. But for the most part, I feel that the long-term members of the club are embracing the changes and welcoming the new members and the contributions that we bring. So to wrap it up, some key takeaways and things I think we could all be doing to get a head start on implementing the new policy. Uh, first of all, to talk to your Rotary Clubs about this policy and raise awareness that it exists. Uh, form a committee who are dedicated to exploring strategies to make your club more inclusive. There's plenty of research out there about diversity and inclusion and lots of ideas for initiatives that could be implemented within your Rotary Clubs. And consider booking a guest speaker from organisations undergoing their own journey with diversity and inclusion. You'll see that this is a trend more and more organisations are embracing, with SAPOL being just one of many. So talk to people you know who are going through this journey in their organisations and to ask them about the successes that they've had. The strategies that could be employed to increase diversity and inclusion within Rotary are endless. Rotary International's stance on approving the diversity, equity and inclusion policy is admirable, though implementing and filtering it down to a club level will be a challenge. However, the benefits gained by diverse and inclusive organisations are well documented. And as such, those clubs who engage in inclusive practices will be the clubs that are still around to see the success of this policy well into the future. And that's all from me. Thank you, Katie. What we like to do now, everyone, is um, that if, if you want to ask a question, could you please turn your... Do you please turn your camera back on because that's that makes and, and then I'll invite you to ask your question. So if I can see you, uh, I know you want to ask a question. Okay, Katie, while we're while we're uh, waiting for our audience to uh, uh, to do that, I have a, I have some questions for you. Uh, sure. Do we? Do we need to actively include everyone in Rotary? And what I, what that, what I mean by that is um, we know uh, that we have uh, a gender imbalance, roughly uh, uh, roughly four to one men and women. Um, does that, so does, with a situation like that where you perhaps have a, uh, a group that uh, outnumbers everyone else, do we need to actively include everyone or is it just the people or just, if, if you like, those who uh, we're looking to, uh, to attract more of to Rotary? Do you mean um, to, in terms of recruiting or no, in a more really, general I'm really thinking thing? in terms of um, our, 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 our policy, our, our inclusive policies are based on making people feel welcome. Yeah. Um, 
So, so I suppose the the question there is, do we need to uh, um, to seek to uh, actively include everyone in Rotary? Uh, I think so. I think if you're trying to create a diverse and inclusive culture, then you can't segregate who you're going to include and who you're going to exclude. Um, if you've got people who are actively trying to exclude people, though, then it's about creating um, education and awareness um, about the benefits of diversity and inclusion so that um, what, for whatever reason they're seeking to exclude people, um, that that can be overcome. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of answer your question? It does. It does because it's, 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 there seems to be a, a bit of an assumption that, uh, um, that inclusion, that, that being inclusive means trying to be more welcoming to, uh, uh, to people you want. Uh, that it's, that it becomes more of a, an attraction issue rather than a, mm. uh, a matter of uh, running a, running a, a balanced organisation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it, the benefits of inclusion should benefit everyone, um, which is why I, I talk about that these benefits are not just about new potential new members but for everyone, including existing members as well. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Katie. Um, as you've worked on the process, what are some of the, some of, some of the uh, um, hidden traps in the process of making an organisation more inclusive? Um, I guess um, some of the biggest challenges are um, overcoming some of the the misunderstandings or um, the misinformation that people might have. Um, and, And particularly, you know, I... If I think about my work environment, I work in a space where um, everyone that I work with is is very inclusive. You would hope so in the diversity and inclusion, inclusion, inclusion branch. And sometimes when we hear different perspectives that challenge um, what we're trying to get across, um, it can take, take us back a little bit. Um, but we have to acknowledge that those, um, those viewpoints exist and and approach them from a place of compassion, I guess, and empathy and, and try to understand where they're coming from um, and, and try to help um, re, uh, educate, our, uh, educate people about the issues that they're raising. Hmm. What sort of, what's, what, uh, looking at the uh, progress that, uh, that, that, you've, that you've, you've made, uh, working with your own, working with your own Rotary Club, um, and the uh, and your success, uh, your success in that area, um, have there been any have there been any things that you've tried um, along the way that haven't worked that have have added to your uh, to your, your sort of body of knowledge of uh, how inclusion works in Rotary or doesn't work in Rotary. Um, I guess one thing I've learnt, um, it's, I've found 
it has been a bit of a, I guess, a culture shock going from Rotaract to Rotary um, in that, you know, it, it, things are a little bit different in the way that um, things are um, progressed. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in, in doing that, in facing some, some of the, the challenges and the differences in trying to implement change in Rotary, which I have found quite um, simple in my Rotaract club, it's actually been a lesson to me in in diversity and inclusion because um, what happens in when when you've got a diverse group of people is that there is more potential for conflict because um, because you're talking about people who all think differently. Um, but if you can if you can work through that conflict, um, then then the benefits are much higher because you have. Um, because you have that diversity of perspective. So it made me reflect and think, well, of course things were easier in my Rotaract club because we were all so similar in terms of our our age and our experiences. So, of course, things are going to be a little bit more challenging in Rotary because the group that I'm working with is much more diverse. But in persevering with that, I'm confident that the benefits will be much greater because we'll see much more productivity um, as a benefit of that diversity and the diverse perspectives that we have within that club. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And we have a question from David Egan. Hello, David. Hello, Katie. And thanks, Kara. Yeah, I'm just, um, I was interested to hear Katie's comment about, uh, she mentioned culture change is difficult and you, you were talking at the time, I think, about your workplace. And, of course, that would be the same in any organisation, including Rotary. Can you tell us, uh, you know, in South Australian Police where you work, uh, how culture change is occurring? Is it uh, very, very slow? And, uh, and, and how, do you, how do you bring, you know, the, the, the people that are slow along with you uh, as you seek the culture change? How's it going and, you know, how do, how do you go about it to make sure they come with you? Yeah, yeah. Um... It's a big question, but <laughs> um, it's it's not always easy. Um, it's well, it's never easy to affect culture change. Um, but I guess the way um, SAPOL is tackling it is by embedding it into our practices. So we have a diversity and inclusion strategy, um, and we are developing action plans um, around different diversity groups, and we are consulting with. Um, our staff and the community about um, different topics so that they help us identify the areas of priority to ensure that we are more inclusive of different diversity groups. So it's not just, you know, the world according to to me (laughs) as the one writing these plans. Um, It's it's collaborative in that we we provide opportunities for collaboration. Um, So people have an opportunity to... Um, have their say about what they want the culture of the the organisation to be like, um, and we we embed these um, into into strategies and action plans so that um, it's there are measurable um, actions that the organisation has agreed to undertake. Um, it's a it's by no means a fast process, but even in you know the last two and a half years since a massive review was done 
um, into some behaviours within the organisation. Um, I've seen culture change taken place in that amount of time um, and I can only, you know, imagine and hope what it will look like in another five, ten years down the yeah. track and it's, it's because we're taking proactive measures um, in this space. So, um, but if we weren't doing that, I don't know that we would have the same level of traction um, moving yeah. forward. So can you still hear me, Katie? Yep. Yeah, I was just, just extrapolating that uh, thinking into to Rotary and the challenges that we have and, and mm. the fact clubs are all different and they, you know, we give them the authority to do what they would like to do within within bounds, of course. Yeah. Um, how could we, how would you envisage we would, um, you know, provide the supports along the same lines? Can you see something like that happening in Rotary and... What, what could be done in that regard, learning and development or something like that? What would you think? Yeah, I guess um, I guess awareness is a huge part of it um, because some of the things I'm talking about is um, it's it's a culture change thing and, and it's um, not that people uh, have ill intentions towards anyone. It's just that um, things have okay. changed, times have changed and, there are some things that are not acceptable now and, and if you've got people who are working in um, organisations now who are being told this in their organisations that it's not acceptable and then they rock up to a Rotary Club and they're exposed to behaviours which they are very well aware are not acceptable, um, then, of course, they're not going to stay around. So um, I think it's about awareness raising and so the best ways to do that I, I guess would be through um, uh, training and and you know w- whatever avenues Rotary has available to them to to make sure that those messages are spread yeah. far and wide. It sounds like if, sounds like if you applied that same sort of thinking that you've done, where you offer a an opportunity to collaborate with the business unit, work it out yeah. with that uh, that might be the way to go for a club, for instance, that wants to. To, to explore how they could uh, enhance their diversity. Yeah, and and not not everyone will get on board with with changes that are being implemented. Um, but if the organisation is firm on um, what they're trying to achieve and the reasons for that, then um, they can you know maintain boundaries and make sure that um, standards are met. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Do we have any more questions? Thank you, David, for that considered question there. Does anyone else have any questions? Looks like we might have we might have might have covered every covered everything to everyone's satisfaction. Oh, hang on. We have got a click no, to no. raise your hand. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. That's fine. I I, uh, I didn't use that because I wasn't sure that everyone was familiar with it. Yeah, I, I, that's what I found uh, myself. So uh, people are aware of that. There's a little hand that you can click that says raise your hand, and you can ask your question. Yeah. So David, you had a follow up question. No, no, I didn't. I just thought I'd throw that in just in case people didn't know that they could uh, raise the hand. 
and that's that's why I went with the uh, with the notion of t- of turning the video on sort of uh, yeah, another way of providing a cue. But thank you for that. So, hey, well, oh. right. So just a note there from uh, from Bobby. Thanks, Katie. That was interesting and very useful. Uh, so on that note, um, I think it's probably uh, a good time to uh, uh, to call it a close. Uh, on behalf of everyone here tonight, Katie, uh, thank you for a uh, for a uh, for a well researched and uh, well delivered uh, presentation. Uh, I'm sure that you've enriched everyone's under- understanding of uh, um, of the way forward, and I certainly hope that in due course you'll be able to join us for uh, uh, for a follow up presentation on this because I. Uh, my my take on the diversity and inclusion is it is very much, very very much an evolving, uh, uh, and, and a, a key and evolving discipline um, within mm. our regulatory movement. And uh, uh, yeah, learning from each other is going to be a really important way to go. But certainly, uh, having a thought leader like you um, helping us out along the way is going to uh, to make that process. Uh, uh, very, very much easier. So thank you, Katie, on behalf thank of everyone. Thank you. And, uh, um, I look forward to being able to uh, to share the recording on Membership Voice so that hopefully we might get some, uh, some follow-up discussion on the topic and uh, keep this very healthy conversation going. Great. Thank you very much for the opportunity. No worries. Good night, Katie, and good night, everyone. Bye.